You are listening to The Edge, a podcast for personal development junkies and visionaries living right at the precipice of oh shit meets fuck yeah. I'm Nadia Munda, an embodiment and relationship coach and a lover of all edges. Stick around to listen to raw, unpolished conversations where we explore our personal and collective edges in all their erotic glory. So today's episode is inspired by a question I got from someone in my Instagram community. And she was asking, you know, how to be at peace when you are single while also searching for a partner. And I thought, wow, this is such a fun topic. Let's go there. And I think the place to start is to really look at dating and um, like, yeah, just dating rhetoric in our culture. So there's a lot out there about like, go, you know, be proactive and get yourself out there. And there's, there's a very masculine approach to dating slash finding your partner or a, a partner. Because I'm sure some of us tend to lean more towards, I'm looking for, you know, my soulmate, my one person. And then some of us are like, there might be 20 people that are our soulmates. Um, and they may come at different chapters in our lives or Perhaps if this is your thing, they're all at the same time. Although, gosh, can you imagine being with 20 people? I can barely do one. I can barely do one. But you know what? We have such a spectrum of preferences and needs. So whatever floats your boat. (laughs) Okay, so we have this energy and this rhetoric in our society that like we need to be proactive about dating. We need to be proactive about finding our person. And it can be very exhausting for a lot of people who have a feminine essence because we are not meant to be out there uh, creating. I, I literally, I had someone, I'm not even joking, you guys. I had someone, she is the cutest a New Yorker friend many years ago who literally had a spreadsheet (laughs) when she was dating, like kept track of every single person she went out with. And (laughs) granted, I'm not sure that that's a thing that many people do, but that's just the extreme example of being very masculine in your dating life. And I think in general, even like the dating apps and, um, the way in which a lot of, I find Westerners and in particular Americans, maybe North Americans tend to approach dating is so clinical as someone who grew up in the Middle East. I have a little bit more of a European attitude um, between, you know, my German mother, my, my Arab father and, and in, in our culture in Lebanon where I grew up, there was also a lot of like French influence. So I had quite a few, yeah, like just like French uh, inspired boyfriends, lovers, <laughs> and uh, then also living in Montreal for six years. There's also so much French influence there in Canada where there was a lot of um, 
yeah, just a, it was a European style of, uh, it's not even dating. You don't really date. You fall in love. You explore. You just have adventures together. <laughs> and so for me, when I got to the U.S. and and it was before the dating apps, but I do think there was like Match.com and eHarmony and these types. And I remember actually creating a Match.com profile many, many years ago. Um, I think I was living in New York at the time. That lasted about a month. And many years later, got convinced by one of my friends that she's like, you run a business at home. You're never going to find a man like the mathematical probability is basically zero. You must get on Bumble. And I remember I was on Bumble for three weeks. And that was the end of that. So that was the extent of my more proactive, masculine version of dating. And I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it because I think that there is there is, it's so hard for us to be in the space of receptivity while also being proactive. And I think there's often this confusion with dating where we're like, okay, well, if you want to have a partner, you need to go do something about it. And that doing something about it is specifically like fix your profile, make it better, get online if you're not, um, swipe, I don't know if it's, is it left, right? I always forget. But one of the, the swipe, yes, I'm just going to call it that. Um, swipe, yes, you know, more even to the types of men or women or whatever you're into, right? Like more on, on the people that um, you would normally swipe no on. And, you know, there's all these like strategies and ways in which it's like, if you aren't in a relationship or you aren't in a partnership, you are not doing enough, which just feeds into the same old bullshit of if you don't have the money, you just didn't try hard enough. Not true. Or, you know, if you aren't, you know, losing the weight, it's because you're not disciplined enough. Or if you're not, blah, 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 fill in the blank. Hey, how fun is that? And now feel what it's like in your body to receive what I just said. Do you feel open? Does your heart feel open? Does your chest feel open? Do your shoulders roll back? Do you feel your belly relaxed and like a beautiful exhale coming out of you? No, you're probably stressed the fuck out and everything's contracted. Your jaw is like tight as fuck. Your shoulders are up to your ears. You're, you're just like your feet are ready to go. Because there is this, it's a scarcity mindset and it's also a capitalism mindset, which are intertwined. If you don't go do it, there's not enough time. It's all up to you, right? Like all of these messages subtly come through when we're talking about this stuff. And that is so in opposition to us being in our feminine magnetism as feminine creatures. And for those of you who might be tuning in and are like, what is a feminine creature? The way that I like, because we're in this place societally, where we are in an exploration of gender expressions and where there's just, we're figuring it out collectively. 
I like to use the word, I think a creature, I don't know, this is a creature to me is like so fun and primal and sexy and weird. And I don't know, I just find it really fun. And then it's like, some of us are just, we all have ratios of masculine and feminine and those ratios shift. So this is just a little bit of context to why I use the word feminine and masculine creatures. Because sometimes you will hear me say, you know, men and women, and, you know, we're still working out exactly how to use all these different words. But essentially, when I speak to a feminine creature, I'm talking about someone who generally feels themselves to be skewed towards more feminine energy than masculine. doesn't mean they don't have masculine, and they could show up freaking awesome in their masculine in certain ways, um, but they feel they are primarily feminine, and in particular, in their love life they would like to be most of the time on the feminine side of the pole when it comes to polarity. And for masculine creatures, it's exactly the opposite. So I like to use that that way. It's not about, um, it's definitely not about biology. It's um, not about labels or semantics. It's really just about like, what do you feel your essence to be? Um, because that's all I'm concerned with. Right. Um, and the, the, the only problem with that is often we, we have a lot of people who are confused about what their essence is. And I, again, it's irrelevant of what body you're in. Um, and this is just that there are even feminine creatures. And I work with these people a lot. There's like people who are primarily a feminine essence, but they don't know it because they've been socialized to be more masculine, right? Feminism will do that. Like... Um, a certain work ethic will do that. Um, a certain set of beliefs will do that. And a lot of religion can do that as well in its own way. So there's a lot of programming that has us believe we should operate a certain way that is actually in opposition to our essence. And that's all I'm concerned with. I'm concerned with um, bringing someone closer to their essence so that they can be an authentic expression of who they truly are and whatever that looks like. I couldn't care less. But if you're in your truth, that's what I want. I want you to be in your truth. Okay. Looping back around to dating. So you're a feminine creature and you're out there and you're being extra masculine, proactive, your version of spreadsheets, whatever that is, you know, tracking these different conversations, things like Bumble where you have to initiate all these things. What ends up happening is we are out of alignment. And when we're out of alignment, we're not as magnetic. And it's this catch-22 because then we're not magnetic. And then we're like, why does no one swipe yes to me? Why am I not getting dates? Or why are the dates sucking? Or, you know, what is it that is not working out? And so then sometimes people will flip into delete all the dating apps take myself off the quote-unquote market, which is such a weird concept, and I'm just going to do it on my own. And then we often flip into independent woman. I don't need anything. I'm going to buy my own house. I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to make all the money. I'm just going to buy my own furniture and like fuck it all, right? There's something really great about that. <laughs> yes to buying a house. Yes to having your furniture. And 
it then closes you off in a different way. It also doesn't have you feel magnetic because again, now you are showing up again as your own masculine, but in a different costume. Instead of proactively going out, so it's not so much of an outward masculine, it's more of an inward, I'm going to hold myself, I'm going to take care of myself, I'm going to be my own provider, I'm going to be my own protector. Often, not always, but often it comes with, you know, disillusioned uh, resentment, talking to the girlfriends, all the, all the guys suck, all the people out there are just not great. and. We oscillate, and I see this so much. We oscillate between, I'm just going to do it on my own, da, 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 like very closed off. And then I'm going to put myself out there and like extra open. And then we wonder like, why, why do I not feel good? <laughs> why do I not feel good? And so to loop back to the question of how to be at peace being single as a feminine creature who's really desiring union, who's desiring connection, who's desiring, desiring a partner. The possible solution, I'm not suggesting I have the solution, but one thing I want to offer, I want to invite you into is a reality that's somewhere in between. And a reality where you're really stoking the fire of your feminine energy. And that doesn't look like being an independent, fierce woman. And it also doesn't look like putting yourself out there and saying yes to everyone and going on like four dates a week because you're like, well, mathematical probability says the more dates I go on, the more chance that I'll meet someone. Um, which, I mean, like I said, guilty over here. I got, I got into that uh, <laughs> for three weeks on accident. From the, the loving recommendation of a friend, but it, it was definitely against my intuition because I kept telling her, I was like, but maybe I'll just like meet him at a dinner party. And she was like, no girl, you're not meeting him at a dinner party. It's like, you don't even go out. Um, and funny enough, I met a beautiful man who I had a beautiful lovership with for a while. Um, literally the week after I got off of Bumble, at a dinner party, haha. -ha. So as a little side note, trust your intuition there. And with that said, you're going, okay, Nadia, that's great. So I don't do the fierce feminine independent lady and I don't do the super like calculated, proactive, put myself out there, dating app girl. How do I do this like in between feminine thing? So the goal here is twofold. It starts with deep inner peace with yourself, feeling good in your own body. And the second piece is sort of the consequence of that, which is I am now a very magnetic feminine being. And I am now pulling in not only, like, it's not so much a quantity thing, 
like, oh, more heads are turning to look at me because I'm magnetic and inspirational and alive and juicy. And everyone's like, I want to, I want, what is that? I want to be by this human. This human's energy is awesome. And that, by the way, is all humans. It's not just the people you want to date. Everyone will come flocking to you when you're super magnetic. And it's, it's basically like you're, you're doing that because you feel good, not because you're trying to get people to flock to you. But then also when you are more alive and turned on and juiced up, you will be more of an energetic match for someone who wants someone alive and juiced up and, and, you know, turned on. And we can think in our head, oh, well, I want this type of person and I want them to be this way and to meet me this way and da, da, da. And then most of the time we check in, if we check in even, and go, wait, but am I meeting myself this way? Am I turning myself on? Am I protecting myself? Am I holding myself? Am I loving myself? Am I seeing myself? Am I honoring and giving permission and allowing all the feminine emotions in myself? Or do I just want someone who to, to come and be like, I love you just the way you are. You are, you know, a crazy tsunami of emotions and I love it all, right? <laughs> Do you love your own tsunami of crazy emotions, though? Do you? And that's really the question to ask yourself. Do you? And so, like, being single and feeling at peace is all about being your own masculine first as a feminine creature. And then you flip that, I guess, the other way if you are feeling like you're more of a masculine creature. I often speak to the feminine creature because that's who I work with. Feminine essence beings. And I also work with couples. <laughs> but I don't often, with the exception of reflection sessions, which you can check out on my website <laughs> under my offerings, which is the only thing I do with men only. Um, and as a side note, I do that because I don't believe personally that as a feminine creature, my role is to coach the masculine. I believe that my role is to reflect through my body, through my sensational experience, what I am noticing and giving that information back to the man, reflecting it back, letting him know, Hey, here's how I feel when in your presence, here's how I feel when you say this or when you move this way or the way that you show up sitting in your body or standing or moving or reaching towards me. And then I allow that masculine creature to take that information and do what they want with it. So that's the only way I work with men as a side note. So that's why I often talk about the feminine. So, and I love doing those sessions, by the way. <laughs> I love, like, it's so so fun. Um, and I think it's incredibly valuable so much that 30 minutes can change your life as a man to get reflections from a woman that you're not trying to date. It's really cool. 
And then you can take that information and you'll see how much it shifts things in your dating life. And the same goes for women. The same goes for feminine creatures. The way you are showing up in your body, what your posture looks like, the way that you move, do you sway your hips as you walk into a room? Not presentationally, not like, oh, I have to, you know, my dating coach said I got to sway my hips side to side and I got to do this thing and wear this type of outfit and, and, you know, coo and do, oh God, no, please don't do that. Gross. And why is it gross? Only because it's not authentic. If it were authentic to you, <laughs> I coo sometimes. I giggle like a total airhead sometimes. When it comes from this internal authentic place that is often in reaction to the energy that my man is bringing me. The key in being magnetic is being in your truth. Being in your truth is not what we get prescribed as women and feminine creatures. As women and feminine creatures, like, oh, well, to be sexy, go take, you know, a lap dancing class and, you know, dress up this way and make sure you have, you know, uh, the, do the contouring or I don't know what, whatever's going on right now in like the current beauty standards. Put on these fake lashes and do the things. And it's like, you know, suddenly everyone, I feel like I get all these targeted ads on Instagram for, um, all these like, like just things you roll on your face and I don't know, and then different like creams and I'm just like, no one cares. Trust me. No one cares about the, uh, what are they called? Crow's feet. No one cares about the pimple. No one cares about how thick your eyelashes are. Turn on is not going to come from that. And if you are trying to find a person where that's where they find their turn on, then you're not going to be happy. You're not going to feel fulfilled. You're not going to be met. Right? So forget about the presentational. And it doesn't even have to just be looks, right? Like some people get really caught up in the like, oh, well, maybe if I uh, learn how to, you know, sexy dance and, and pole dance or do this or do that, like I'll, um, I'll somehow seem more attractive. It's great. I do all of those things, but it's not about that. It's about walking into the room authentically you. It's about expressing and emoting through your body moment to moment how you are feeling, whether that be disgust, grief, anger, or pleasure, or ecstasy, or giggles and silliness or playfulness. But the world responds to a body in her truth. I have seen the most beautiful dances, most beautiful movement and embodiment expressions in my classes and S-Factor classes that I taught previously in my life, in central movement um, spaces where it can look weird as fuck. It can look messy. It can make no sense. It could be absolutely not 
In fact, it shouldn't be choreographed ever because the choreographing comes from the mind, comes from the shoulds. It doesn't come from your truth, the truth of your body. Right? And I see the messy, weird, freaky, you know, non-linear like expression in these bodies. And I'm like, holy shit. I am moved to tears. My jaw is on the floor. I look around, everyone else's jaw is on the floor because there is nothing more magnetic than someone in their truth and moving it through their body. You can't not watch. You can't not be in awe. You cannot take your eyes off of that being when they are in that expression. It doesn't matter if they're moaning, groaning, throwing shit across the room. <laughs> if it's their truth. Yet, if you see a body moving in pleasure, but underneath that there's anger, or if you see a body trying to be angry when actually they're in pleasure, when there's misalignment, that's when there's repulsion. That's when there's zero attraction. So when you are not actively dating or not actively in relationship, but you want to be, your deepest desire is union is connection, is love. Because as a feminine being, your number one, number one priority in life is love. If that's what you want, you must do whatever it takes you want to be proactive. Don't be proactive in putting yourself out there. Be proactive in getting getting into your truth. Really going where are all the places getting real with yourself. Where are all the places that I am not being true to myself? Where are all the places where I am not listening, where I'm not witnessing myself, where I'm not allowing, where I'm not giving permission, where I'm overriding? And can I shift that? <laughs> right? What a sneeze is such a it's such like a roller coaster of energy. It's like shoots through you. <sighs> and then often what what just happened in my body right now? There was like a truth that was said, an energy that like needed to just move through my body, and then a yawn that sort of landed it. And and that's my body. What did she just do? She she put an exclamation mark <laughs> to what I just said. She was like, Aho, Amen. And so it is. <laughs> and so it's not about collapsing when you go, all right, well, I'm not going to proactively be on the dating apps or I'm not going to put myself out there. It's not about collapsing into shame or isolation or whatever. And it's also not going into the opposite of like, I'm going to be an independent woman. Da, da, da. You're still needing to show up. You still have to show up and do the work, but the work is not the work that we were told it is. It's not, 
I need to make myself sexier. I need to lose some more weight. I need to put myself out there more. I need to change the one liner on my profile. I need to change my profile pics. No, 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 no. And I'm not saying you can't do any of those things. I'm just saying that's not what's going to solve the problem. And the work is going to be, where am I not being true to myself? Where am I not allowing for my own feminine emotions and my own feminine reality and my embodied expression? Why do I do embodiment work, you guys? It's the key to everything. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it isn't. It isn't, right? I just see it as the most efficient way to get all the things that you want, to upgrade your individual experience and to upgrade the world. But it is, you got to go into the body. You got to be honest with what you're feeling and then know how to express it, know how to move it, know how to alchemize it, and also know how to hold it, witness it, see it, love it. Because you can't ask that of another human if you're not doing it for yourself. And there's all these people who are like, I want, you know, a conscious partner who has X, Y, Z, da, da, da. Okay, great. Love it. Love that vision for you. And are you giving that to yourself? It's a moment of tough love. I found myself for so many years, <laughs> oh, and occasionally still, right? Like, oh, I just want someone who's so all in and fully committed. And I was always, you know, with the, uh, the avoidant men and actually just like avoidant partners, right? Not just men. And, um, I, on some level, notice these moments where I'm avoidant and I notice the ways that I also always show up with just a little bit of an exit like hmm, but can I maybe leave <laughs> we are like it's it may seem like a cliche but it's there for a reason we are mirrors and we do energetically attract our equivalent and so if you look and you're like, why do I keep getting the same type of person? It's important to look inward and go, what, what, it, what is it about my behavior that's pulling in this type of person? And often it is really hard to see on our own. It's really great to have a coach or someone, you know, ther therapist, you know, here's the thing with therapy is like, it's great, but often they don't tell you the thing that's actually going to change your life. Coaches will. Coaches, a good coach, and this is why I love coaching. A coach, a coach is not here to be likable, is not here to be neutral. We don't have like a board or a body, an organization that tells us, you know, these are the code of ethics. Um, I know sometimes that's not a good thing, but sometimes it's a great thing with coaching is that we don't have these guidelines of like, you know, you can only ask a question this way and you don't want to get involved and you don't speak to your personal life. I love talking about my personal experience with my clients sometimes because if it's relevant, it will help them feel like they're not the only ones going through it. It's The most important thing, though, with coaching is that we don't want to be, we're not here to be liked. A good coach is not trying to get you to like them. In fact, sometimes we do the best job when our clients hate us. I go through many periods where I have clients projecting all sorts of stuff onto me and clients who are just like, ah, you know, because I'm like, here, 
I'm going to tell you the thing that no one else in your life is going to tell you. I'm going to do it with so much love. And I'm going to tell it to you, and here's why. Because it's what's going to change everything, and it's going to unstick you out of this mess that you keep finding yourself in, out of this frustrated place that you're in, right? So I don't know how I got on this tangent. I'm trying to pull myself back to like wherever I was when I started it. But essentially, it's about your looking at yourself with or without a facilitator, with or without a coach, with or without a mirror, and going, where am I doing things in a way that that then attracts this type of person? Whether it's because I'm mirroring, like there's a mirror effect, and sometimes it's because it's an opposition, right? Like, so if we have like an avoidant and anxious type person, like, okay, the more you get anxious, the more you attract an avoidant. If you don't know what that means, there's a lot of books on attachment styles. Maybe I'll do an episode on that too, but that's a whole nother thing to go into that I'm not going to get into now in today's episode, right? But it's like, if you're someone who who needs, 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 and is like, I need you to be here. I need more closeness, more closeness. You're going to attract someone who often is like, I need more space. I need more space. I need more space. That's sort of the Cliff Notes version version of anxious and attached and uh, avoidant. Um, Granted, it's not the only thing. So don't assume that that's all there is to that, but that's the mini version. And so the answer is to sit down and really write a list, like brainstorm, right? Start by going, what are the things that really drop me into feminine energy? Where are the places that I often override my emotions? What practices can I set up that will allow me to be more in permission around my darker energies or any energies that you feel don't work for you? By the way, we always talk about like the darker energies being the ones that we override. A lot of us override joy. A lot of us override playfulness because we grew up going like, no, 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 you got to be serious to be successful and to be taken seriously. A lot of us got love from a parent or teachers or whoever because we were serious and we took things seriously. We were responsible and we got shit done. For those of us who are like that, I know I'm one of those, playfulness is one of the hardest energies to get, to, to permit and to give allowance to. And it's also one of the most attractive energies in dating, especially if as a feminine creature, the masculine loves lightness and levity, but not only in that expression. Let's not get trapped, right? But they love that. It fills the space. You know what else fills the space? Anger. They like that too when it comes from a very beautiful, wide space with so much love and fierceness as a compass in support of more love, not as a, I'm going to shoot you down with my piercing anger, my passive aggressiveness. That does not fill the space. That shuts everyone down. So my invitation to you is sit down, write out all the things, write out all the places. And if you find yourself having a hard time, I highly recommend searching out some guidance, some support. These are things I do. I do in a mini coaching container. I obviously do in more depth 
over six months or a year with people. But there's a lot that you can do on your own. And it's just a matter of where you are, what season of life you're in, what you can do on your own, and then where you feel like, oh, actually, I think I have some blind spots that I need someone else to come help me out with. Practices include intuitive movement, space to feel your feelings. If you identify that, oh, I'm overriding anger, having an anger practice. I have a whole class um, called Erotic Alchemy, making love to anger and jealousy. Because <laughs> that's what we want to be doing. We want to be getting in touch and making love with all of our truths, not just the ones that seem pretty and glitzy and shiny. Because that actually is what stops us from being able to show up magnetic. It's about being your own inner masculine. And so looking at, okay, well there's the, the masculine provides so much. There's like a provider archetype. There's a protector archetype. There's sort of a holding space archetype, um, just like a witness, a container energy. Uh, one that just allows and sees and holds you as you move through whatever energy, emotion, expression you're moving through. And there's a way in which you can, while you are single, be your own inner masculine in order to give permission to your inner feminine. But here's where it gets like a little nuanced. Allow within your inner feminine to be with the longing of I want the masculine or if you're flipped, I want the feminine outside of me. And like that you get to have both, but inner union is so key for you to start to feel the imprint of what it's like to be in union inside of you and to not then go into codependency. Oh, I need something outside of me to fulfill me. But to go, but I still want it. I don't need it, but I want it. And so that's where it gets, we get into really mastery embodiment work. How can I be both fulfilled and at peace with my inner union and working that peace out while also deeply moving through the world as the embodiment of longing, of ache for someone to come and for there to be external union between two bodies? And holding that paradox, holding that duality, holding that, you know, binary, because it's not actually binary. It's the same thing. But it's also different. <laughs> it's a bit of a mindfuck. So that's my invitation. 
Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know I'm teaching an upcoming masterclass on the dance of energetic sex on July 22nd. If you want more of that mind-blowing, heart-opening, what is my name even, (laughs) sex, then definitely come to this class. To get more info on it, you can head on over to nadiamunla.com forward slash D-E-S or head to the show notes for a direct link. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. We would love for you to rate and review the show. And I'd love to know your takeaways from the episode. You can do that by DMing me on Instagram at Nadia Munla.